It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and it is, of course, presented by DraftKings. It's the show that's so nice during the season that we do it twice because we try to make it easily digestible for you. The first episode usually ends up being about 35 minutes or so. The second episode, more like 25 minutes. First episode, Thursday nighter, all the Sunday 1 o'clock games. This episode, the 4 o'clock late games, the Sunday nighter, the Monday nighter. Joe Dolan is the star, and I'm so glad that we have him, at FG underscore Dolan is how you check him out on social. Please go to fantasypoints.com if you haven't and use the code 22FEAST so you get the veritable smorgasbord of information that they have for you over there. It's really, really impressive. As is Joe, by the way. Here's what we got to do. We got to make sure you're ready for every game, for every scenario. This is not just a fantasy football podcast. It's a football podcast. Joe tells you what you need to know for all of these games. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. And Joe, the first game up. How about the G-Men in Tennessee for a late game against the Titans? If I were a betting man, Ross, and I am, but if I were, I wouldn't want absolutely nothing to do with this game. The Titans are giving five and a half at home, 43 and a half the total. I have no idea how to even begin to think about that line um, because I think it's more skepticism with the Giants than it is positivity with the Titans. Um, Look, who's catching passes for the Giants? Sterling Shepard is back. Now, here here is a very interesting stat from Sterling Shepard because I don't know if you expected me to be somebody who's going to talk about Sterling Shepard on this podcast, but he's coming back from um, an Achilles injury, Ross. Now, he is coming off an Achilles injury, and he's 29 years old, so take that into consideration. But this is from uh, our guy Scott Barrett, who's been on this podcast. Sterling Shepard has hit 17.0 fantasy points in five of his last five healthy games with Daniel Jones active, averaging 23.1 fantasy points per game over that span. And over his last 11 healthy games played with Daniel Jones, he averages 9.1 targets, which would have had him about wide receiver nine last year, and 17.4 fantasy points per game with Daniel Jones, which would have had him as wide receiver 11 last year. And he went universally undrafted in almost every single format because he was coming off the Achilles tear. But he says he's going to play in week one. Now, look, he's 29, hasn't played a full season since 2018, and he's coming off a devastating injury. But look at this receiving core, okay? Look at what we're dealing with. Sterling Shepard's coming off an injury. Wandale Robinson's a rookie. Kenny Galladay looked like a mummy out there this offseason. Canarius Tony can't stay on the field. And Darius Slayton just took a pay cut. Somebody's got to catch passes. I think Saquon will. I think Saquon Barkley will catch passes. And he's obviously an RB1 for you until, uh, as long as he's healthy. But somebody's got to catch passes. And I'm not comfortable playing any of these guys maybe beyond Tony in week one. But just keep an eye on Sterling Shepard against the Titans. What about the Titans offensively? Oh, the big dog. He's he's going to he's look. The Titans are five and a half point favorites. We know that his splits are staggering. 
much more productive in wins than in losses, nearly double as productive in wins as in losses. So Derrick Henry is in your lineup, and he is going to be popular for DFS because the Titans are home favorites. The only other two Titans I can really consider, I'm not bullish on this pass-catching group right now, so Ryan Tannehill is not somebody I want in a one-quarterback league. Robert Woods has looked good running routes. I want to see what Traylon Burks' role is, but Robert Woods is the clear one. And if you are hunting for skank at tight end, Austin Hooper's got a shot to catch 60 passes just because of the lack of of target competition that the Titans have here. But again, if I were a betting man, I'd stay far away from this line. I have no idea how to get a read on this game. Kansas City at Arizona. Used to be a couple teams with a lot of fantasy dudes. Are they still? Uh, uh, According to Vegas, yep. Kansas City laying six. 53 and a half the total. Ross, that is the highest lined game of the entire week. Now, Kansas City is a team where obviously you're playing Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, okay? I think Clyde Edwards Alaire, until we get further information, is a solid flex play. The wide receiver breakdown is is what I am extremely interested in. Now, a lot of beats, um, uh, you know how I feel about this. I took a hard line stance. I was not drafting Juju Smith Schuster at cost this offseason with the full understanding that it could make me look very stupid. I think Juju is the one wide receiver here. If you have him, you probably drafted him in the top five rounds of your league. You got to play him in this environment, 53 and a half being the total. The rest of the wide receivers, I probably want to take a wait and see approach because I think Sky Moore could be a league winner depending on his role. I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling could be a league winner depending on his role. I'm just not 100% sure what those roles are going to be. But Vegas is expecting points to be scored in this game. And when Patrick Mahomes is going up against Kyler Murray, I would anticipate points being scored in this game. But I think beyond Juju, it is a wait-and-see kind of approach for me with Kansas City's wide receiving group. The other side with the Cardinals, Joe? Uh, I think the Cardinals are – I think this is a huge spot for Hollywood Brown. Like, huge. No DeAndre Hopkins. Zach Ertz is iffy as of right now. As of recording on Wednesday, Zach Ertz is iffy with a calf injury. Um, So we could get a good look at the rookie Trey McBride there at tight end, by the way. Rondale Moore's coming off an injury, though it looks like he's going to play. They just put Antoine Wesley on IR. Playing with his college quarterback, Kyler Murray, I think Marquise Brown could get 15 targets in this game. I really do. Uh, I don't know if that's the best way for them to use their targets but I think he can get 15 targets in this environment. They are touchdown underdogs at home. Get Marquise Brown in your lineups. Get him in your DFS line. He's going to be very chalky for DFS, but I think I think Murray, um, Marquise Brown stacks are going to be very chalky for you, those of you in single entry, but I think it's justified. Um, and obviously James Conner in the backfield who can catch some passes. Keep an eye on Eno Benjamin, the number two running back. I want to see what his role is because there was a lot of hype about Eno Benjamin. Not somebody who's in a fantasy lineup right now, but uh, if they're playing from behind and he's supposed to be a pass-catching running back, he'll get a lot of work here. Let's move on to the Raiders and the Chargers, Joe. I'm fascinated by this game. We don't really know how Josh McDaniel is going to use some of these skill guys With the Raiders, Darren Waller looks poised to play, even though he doesn't have a new contract yet. Although with Dawson Knox getting that big contract, I don't know that uh, that helps Waller and the Raiders come to an agreement. 
Uh, 52 and a half, the total three and a half, the chargers are laying at home. So this is expected to be a fantasy bonanza. And I would expect a lot of DFS stacks to come from this game. Uh, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams will be very popular. You want to save a little bit of money. Derek Carr, um, Hunter Renfro will be very popular. Derek Carr, maybe Darren Waller will be popular, though. Waller's a little iffy to me, kind of sight unseen. As you mentioned, doesn't have the contract yet. So what's his motivation going to be to go out there and go all out? Does he say, hey, look, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to dominate targets and I'm going to show them that they need to pay me? Or is he going to say, you know, I'll go play, but I got to make some business decisions here and there? I'm not really sure which one's going to be the case with Darren Waller, but where you drafted him, you probably got to start him this week. The backfield, I kind of want nothing to do with, quite frankly. Um, Josh Jacobs, I think, is probably a fine RB3, but Amir Abdullah with Kenyon Drake cut is going to have a role in this backfield, I think, as the third down back. So keep an eye on Amir Abdullah for those of you in PPR leagues. And the Chargers on the other side. Uh, easy, one of the easiest teams in fantasy. Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams stacks that maybe all three going to be very popular. Austin Eckler can be part of that as well. Our Austin Eckler is an RB one. Couple of guys that I want to watch for the t- for the Chargers. Actually, a few guys, not guys who can be in a lineup in Week One, mind you, but guys I want to watch. What's the tight end situation? Is Gerald Everett the guy there? Is Trey McKitty the guy? Um, they've got a bunch of talented guys there. None of them were ever really fantasy relevant. They had they had Jared Cook last year. None of them were ever really consistently fantasy relevant. What is the backfield rotation behind Austin Eckler? I think they signed Sony Michelle to be that guy. Is he up to speed right now? Open question. One guy, Justin Herbert, said he thinks is going to get a lot of targets this year. One of my most drafted players in all of best ball is second-year wideout Josh Palmer. The question is, how much targets is he going to get when Keenan Allen and Mike Williams command the football, and, and certainly Austin Eckler command the football the way they do. But if you're looking at a guy like Joshua Palmer, the, the pathways to relevance for him, Keenan Allen's getting older. Mike Williams has had injury problems. The pathways to relevance for this guy, including just being the number three wide receiver on a really good offense, were so appealing to me that, man, if there's an injury here, that guy could be a league winner. So that's a guy I'm really interested to keep an eye on. If he's got a role where he's getting five, six, seven targets in week one, I'm going to be so fired up about him in the future. Speaking of fired up, Joe, how about some of these deals DraftKings has right now? First of all, if you're a new customer, you can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's incredible. I know we've had a couple of new states open up recently, which is great. Let's get all the states opened up. But you can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly, plus everybody. So all of you that already have the DraftKings Sportsbook, all of you that are already customers, you can get in this early win promotion. Very simple. Bet on NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, You get paid instantly, even if your team loses, even if the bet loses, you get paid instantly as long as they were up by 10 at some point. Just use the code ROSS to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code ROSS, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, Joe, we've got... The Packers and the Vikings. What are your thoughts on this one? 
So um, as we record here, um, it looks like the status of Alan Lazard is up in the air. We record this on Wednesday, so by the time you listen to this, you're going to have a little bit more clarity on the practice reports, but it looks like the status of Alan Lazard is up in the air. I think that's going to mean a lot of folks are excited about Romeo Dobbs, the rookie wide receiver out of out of um, Nevada, who was getting all kinds of offseason hype. Now, throwing a wrench into that is Matt LaFleur said this week that it looks like Christian Watson, who was actually the higher draft pick, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State, is going to be available to play, but he does not have nearly the reps with Rodgers that Romeo Dobbs has. So, if I am, if let's just presume Alan Lazard is out, and maybe by the time you listen to this, he was a full participant in practice, and it looks like he's going to play, okay? Then, of course, Alan Lazard is in your lineup as a wide receiver three. He's the guy to play here. But if he does not go, my order of preference for fantasy goes Dobbs, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb. That's my order of preference uh, from this receiving group. In the backfield, though, I think Aaron Jones is an RB1, and I think A.J. Dillon is a viable flex, with Aaron Rodgers saying both of those guys could potentially catch 50 passes this year. And I think I don't think he's blowing smoke up our butts. I think I think that might be kind of a, a thing that they lean on while they figure out what the deal is with this revamp receiving court. Interesting. Um, and Minnesota on the other side? Oh, I love the Vikings. Now, now I do have to see what Kevin O'Connell does here. But the beautiful thing about Kevin O'Connell is he comes from the Sean McVay school. And Sean McVay is a guy who really has been like – and Zach Taylor does this too, by the way. He's really a guy who's like, hey, these are my good players. I'm going to throw the ball to them or I'm going to hand the ball off to them. I'm not going to do any of this gimmicky BS throwing the ball to, to some guy from Saginaw Valley State like Sean Payton does. This is this is what this is what the Vikings are going to do. They are a narrow fantasy team. Dalvin Cook's an RB1. I think you can, you can make a case for Kirk Cousins as a QB1 in this matchup against Green Bay, by the way. I should bring up that the uh the Vikings are one and a half point home underdogs. And this is an over-under of 47, so a decent environment for that. Dalvin Cook's an RB1. Justin Jefferson might be the number one player in fantasy this year. Adam Thielen, I, this was the year I, I decided I was going to be a year too early on being out on Adam Thielen rather than a year too late. But he reportedly had a great camp, and he's in shape. Two guys to keep an eye on for Minnesota. They love K.J. Osborne, the number three wide receiver. And Irv Smith. He didn't practice a whole lot this offseason because of thumb surgery, but he is scheduled to play in week one, the tight end, and certainly someone who you could get excited about. Uh, if you were one of the last people to draft a tight end in your fantasy league, let's see what this what this offense looks like. But Minnesota's an offense I'm very excited to see going forward, especially as it relates to K.J. Osborne and Irv Smith. Me too. Um, I, I, I think uh, there's a chance – with Kevin O'Connell, the Cousins has a really big year. I, I like the Vikings this year. I like Cousins this year. Um, now, the defense has to be better than they were last year, but I think the offense has a lot of potential. How about Sunday night football? Because Sunday night is football night. Bucks at the Cowboys, Joe. Both teams having some O-line issues. Yes, um, and that's going to be a story. But one of the big—if if you want to boil this down to fantasy, um, 
two guys coming off of ACLs and how those recoveries are going is really going to tell the story here. Obviously, Chris Godwin um, is coming off. Now, he is ahead of Michael Gallup, who Mike McCarthy has already said is not playing in this game. Godwin, they're giving him a chance to play in this game, and he's and he doesn't have a brace, at least uh, on Monday when Greg Allman of the Athletics Psalm didn't have a brace on his surgically repaired right knee. But Godwin was noncommittal during an interview this week when asked about his chances of playing in week one. He said it was more important for him to be ready in the second half of the season and 100% than really being ready in week one. Um, Godwin is eight months removed from ACL injury. Now, per our Dr. Edwin Porras, Nine months is really kind of the, the the safe baseline for a pass catcher in the NFL. Although he did point out, Ross, I did not remember this. Jerry Rice came back from an ACL tear in three months in 1997. Did you remember? Do you remember this? Definitely not. No. He tore his ACL in week one, came back in week 16, caught a touchdown pass, broke his kneecap on that same play. He was back next year, had 1,150 receiving yards and nine touchdowns at the age of 36. Jerry Rice, just man. think about that. Like, uh, but, so, but anyway, Jerry Rice was a freak in nature. Really, the safe recovery is three times what Jerry Rice had. Chris Godwin is probably a guy I'm, I'm going to, even if he plays in week one, and I'm not sure he will, I'm going to take a deep breath on and say he's going to be more useful in October and November than he is in September. So that that that's just the thing with Godwin, but with 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 the Bucks, you you understand Tom Brady's going to go after Trevon Diggs. By the way, uh, Brady's a QB one. Mike Evans a hammer wide receiver one. Interested to see what Russell Gage looks like. Probably not going to put him in a lineup yet. Leonard Fournette RB one, but I definitely want to see what Rashad White's role is. They have been hyping that kid up. They might pull back a little bit on playoff Lenny. It, it, let, let's just see what that backfield rotation looks like. But until further notice, you got to get Leonard Fournette in your lineup. The Cowboys on the other side, Joe? Yeah, so Michael Gallup's not going to play, um, and he's not even practicing yet, so it's probably a little bit of time before Michael Gallup. Uh, he's behind Chris Godwin uh, in terms of post-op, so let's just keep an eye on that. Now, here's the thing that's very interesting. I read an article on The Athletic this week by Bob Sturm, who covers the Cowboys. He believes the Cowboys, with their thinner uh, receiving group and weaker offensive line, are a prime candidate to use a lot of 12 personnel this season. And in fact, as he points out, they did that a lot before Blake Jarwin uh, suffered a career-ending hip injury in the first half of last season. Sturm, he he writes that uh, the rookie tight end Jake Ferguson, this is direct quote, is going to play a lot more than people think. Jarwin played 37 snaps a game in those first seven games of 2021, and Dalton Schultz played 56 snaps per game. I would be willing, this being Sturm, would be willing to bet that we should look for 36 or so 12 personnel snaps a game from the Cowboys early in the season. In other words, he continues, who is your third receiver early on and why didn't Dallas go chasing a veteran wide receiver in the spring or summer? I am convinced the Cowboys are thinking the answer is Ferguson as a second tight end. And maybe that makes more sense, Ross, because we know the offensive line is thin. They brought in Jason Peters this week, but I I seriously doubt Peters is going to be ready to play in week one. They're going to have Tyler Smith on the Todd Bowles is licking his chops to go after that rookie left tackle, Tyler Smith. Um, But if that's the case, I think it's going to be fewer snaps for the rookie wide receiver, Jalen Tolbert as well. Another thing to keep an eye on. How much posse personnel? Two running back. Uh, it's not posse personnel. What's the uh, why? Why am I posse personnel is eleven personnel? But why? What's the uh, what's the personnel package with two running backs on the on the field? Twenty one. 
Yeah, well, yeah, it's 21, but there's, uh, um, oh, whatever the case, 21 personnel with Zeke, Zeke Elliott and uh, Tony Pollard out there. Um, I, I'm the, the, it's on the tip of my tongue. Greg Cosell uses it all the time. But um, the 21 personnel, I think they can use uh, Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard at the same time, and I think Pollard's going to catch a lot of passes. Lastly, Joe, it's Monday night. And are there any Seattle Seahawks in your fantasy lineup? Yeah, Rashad Penny. Um, I like Rashad Penny. Um, and I – ah, pony personnel. Pony personnel. That's it. That's what I was looking for. Um, not posse <laughs> pony. Anyway. Um, I'm, I'm really happy for you. It just came to me. It just came to me. Uh, so um, the Seattle Seahawks, Rashad Penny, I think you got to play DK Metcalf. Now, DK Metcalf, actually, it's a small sample. But in uh, Geno Smith's three starts last year, he actually averaged more fantasy points per game than he did in Russell Wilson's starts last year. So just keep that in mind. DK Metcalf is in your lineup. I'm a little less, I'm a little more leery on um, on Tyler Lockett, but uh, Rashad Penny and and DK Metcalf are the guys from Seattle. Um, I mean, this is the ultimate revenge game, though. I just read, and if you haven't read it yet, Brady Henderson's piece on ESPN.com about the breakup between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Look, I I think it's justifiable why the Seahawks were a little hesitant to commit everything to Russell Wilson when you read the article, but that doesn't mean Russ isn't going to want to go absolutely ham in this game. Six and a half point favorites. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy are guys I'm, I'm getting to the moon. I think Javante Williams is an RB2. That's, I mean, that if, if we're analyzing from a fantasy perspective, what is the breakdown? I have heard from multiple people. Different different opinions. There's some reporters who say 55-45, Javante Williams vis-a-vis Melvin Gordon in the backfield. Others have told me 70-30. Let's see what it is in week number one. Um, I think Javante is the better bet with the with the Broncos as, as six-and-a-half-point favorites in this game because I think they view him as their early down guy, but certainly a situation to monitor, as is the role of Albert Okoibunam, the tight end. Ooh, good job there, Joe. Really good job there on the uh, on the pronunciation. I think we're good. I think we did it. I think that's we week one in the books. Terrific job. Joe got his pony personnel at the end. That would have been bothering him for a whole week, which is amazing. Check him out on social media at FG underscore Dolan. And go to fantasypoints.com. Use the code 22FEAST. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. And make sure you're following both those accounts on social media so you can get one of these free Madden codes we are giving out. Other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.